This is The 20 with DJ Spider, presented by BeatSource. What is up, everybody? Welcome to The 20 Podcast, bringing you interviews with the best DJs, producers, and music industry professionals from around the globe. I'm your host, DJ Spider. We're in the house. What up, my beat sorcerers? Thank you for tuning in week after week. Really appreciate the support. This podcast is brought to you by BeatSource. That's right, BeatSource.com. Make sure you check out BeatSource Link, which is uh, your ability to DJ from the cloud. We've got expertly curated playlists made by amazing DJs themselves. We've got special edits. We've got remixes. We've got intros, outros, acapella outs, transitions. All kinds of amazing stuff is on there. So please try it out, beatsource.com. I think you're going to love it. Uh, hit me with any questions you got. And if you do want to hit me up, thank you. I appreciate all of the wonderful messages that I get from you guys all the time on Instagram or wherever you write me. Uh, my website is djspider.com, spelled out D-E-E-J-A-Y-S-P-I-D-E-R.com. Or my Instagram is just djspider, D-J-S-P-I-D-E-R. You guys are always writing me on there, and I really appreciate it. Any uh, feedback you got about the podcast or whatever, questions you got for me, Thank you. Come out to my shows. Say hello in person. I'd love to see you. Um, and now on today, uh, today's guest, an incredible guest. As always, we've always got incredible people coming in. But this episode, I really feel like some meaningful stuff was said. You know, we, we got some, some really good things you could learn from this. So I want to tell you about this amazing woman who has lived a life, okay? A real crazy life up to this point. And there's only amazing things ahead for her. I know it. Um, She has DJed and worked with so many legendary people that uh, we couldn't even fit it all into this podcast episode, but you will get a taste of it, and then you can look her up and find out everything. In 2004, Prince, yes, Prince, asked her to DJ for him and collaborate with him, ended up being her mentor for the next 10 years they went on tour together doing live shows private parties going on tv shows um all types of stuff i mean the story is incredible um she's also toured the world with other incredible artists like Khalees, CeeLo green pharrell bruno mars uh she's been a resident dj on tv shows like america's best dance crew on mtv she also is a cultural influencer apart from being a dj and fashion She's always looking super cool in any picture you see her in. She's been featured in magazines like Vogue, Italia, Essence, Vibe, The Source, Flaunt, Remix, Dazed and Confused, Refinery29, to name a few. Um, Barack Obama, yes, that Barack Obama. He selected her to be one of the three DJs that played for him and were part of his re-election campaign. She's Uh, Really, she plays everything from high-end events, movie premieres, music festivals, legendary parties like Soul in the Horn, Natasha Diggs, all types of amazing things. She can really do it all from the most underground thing to the most mainstream thing. But within all of it, she is herself. And I think that really shines through and she really conveys that on this episode. Um, So, you know, within all of this as well. She's a mother, a wonderful mother to an eight-year-old girl, which we get into that parent talk, and she somehow keeps it all balanced. Um, And one of the many amazing things about her uh, that I think 
is that she's so genuine and she really does things for the right reason. And that shines through on this episode too. She's very tapped into her spirituality and she says some really important and meaningful things on this episode. You might have to rewind them and listen back to really get the whole gist of it because it's really deep and it's really smart and good. Um, I loved getting to talk to her and I really think you will all love and enjoy listening to our conversation. So please welcome to the show, DJ Rashida. All right, we're here. It's the 20 Podcast, and we've got DJ Rashida in the house. Make some noise. What up, oh, what up, what up? Yes, yes, yes. We got sound effects going on in the background. Don't worry. We got Sweet. post-production. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's cheering. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, I know we're both busy with... Um, being professional DJs, professional parents, uh, and our just having jobs. a life. Yeah, right. yeah, the real job, the, our real boss, <laughs> our real boss, our actual boss. That's the thing yeah. of being a DJ. There's no boss, right? Really, but we got our kids. We have our children now, and we were laughing earlier about it. It's like we went from creating this life of no schedule, no yes. waking up in the morning. And now we are on a schedule yes. and we have bosses, exactly. like very like, demanding bosses. Yes. Like you said, like part of the reason I love doing this because I didn't have to wake up at a certain time. And now there's a lot of waking up at it a certain time. It was our world. Yes. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. I know sometimes I wonder like, am I a bad influence on his sleeping? I'm like, you can sleep in tomorrow. Like <laughs> other parents are probably like, please. you're up by 6 a.m. Make your bed. <laughs> I'm like, yo, totally. you slept till 8.45. I'm so proud of you. That, <laughs> like, oh, my God. When my daughter was younger, that was I was just waiting for, like, the day <laughs> she would stop waking up at, like, 6 and right. 7 a.m. And, um, <laughs> yeah, sadly, I also am that parent. I totally encourage a good sleep in. Yes. And, they yeah. need it. Come on with the whole, like, yeah, lack of sleep it. thing. You know, we they're growing. We need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we want to, you know, they want us to be happy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> happy parents, happy child. Yes, exactly. Happy life. Um, well, thanks for being here. Um, thanks for having me. I will, you know, I'm excited to hear more about your story and share it with the listeners. And um, I think it will inspire everyone. And, you know, you always seem so happy and give off such an amazing aura and energy, you know, around all of your. Everything you do, I think, you know, so, um, yeah, I'm so happy to have you here. And, uh, yeah, do you want to tell everyone about yourself a little bit? Ooh-wee, where do we (laughs) start? Um, I mean, you know, first and foremost, I am a mother. Um, That is my main gig now. Uh, But, you know, as far as DJing goes, I've been DJing for 25 years, I think if the math is right on that uh, since 1998 that's when I got my decks and um, I have been very blessed to have turned this thing that I love and did for fun and you know all of that into a full-on career that has taken me everywhere in the world I ever wanted to go introduce me to all of my living heroes um, you know and being able to work with them and just all of that it's um it's pretty amazing and and yeah yeah like wow oh yeah it's incredible wow i know yeah sometimes i look back like how you know just doing this in your room can lead to all of this stuff and traveling the world and the type of people you meet and um yeah even this year alone the things i've done i'm like my mind is blown that i get to dj and go to these places and that piece too right like 
are you not in awe of the fact that like we're still doing this? Yeah, I, I, back in the totally. day, I feel like I had an idea that there was an expiration date on this. 100%. Right? And that's clearly not the case because all of my heroes that are 10 and 20 years older than me are still rocking. And yeah. it's, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's that, really I mean, beautiful. That's why it's dope to see the 50th anniversary of hip hop yep. thing. I think it's really representative of DJing because, mm-hmm. I mean, that is hip hop. That is the 50th anniversary in a way he was throwing a party you know and djing there and to see like these massive tours going around Mm -hmm. selling out you know from that yankee stadium thing Mm -hmm. to just all these amazing events um i think that shows in a way too because same thing i'm like oh when i'm 40 i don't know if i'll be doing that you know and now i'm like in my mid 40s literally we're like i'm planning out what's gonna happen you know next year and and all types of stuff yeah no for sure i felt like 40 but i think in general i felt like 40 was an expiration for all sorts of things everything i had no (laughs) idea that there was life after that and you know actually a really great fruitful beautiful life you know totally but it's cool to see like like you said our heroes like jazzy jeff and all these people doing these massive shows and um i know you you just did something pretty dope like a silent disco with dj spinna yeah for the 50th anniversary um we did it at lincoln center and it was so doggone fun it was just you know i mean we played for i think two or three hours and you know that's really not long enough to get into all of your favorite hip-hop stuff can i right yeah yeah say whatever and i was just i'm about to keep I'm about to do it and I'm like oh wait no, um, you can say whatever yes, you know <laughs> all of our favorite hip hop shit from you know throughout all the years and so yeah. um, it was just it was so freaking fun and everybody's singing along and it was a trip though playing like I had to do like a double headphone situation right. and that was weird silent disco is weird that was my first one it was that was pretty weird but other than that it was like it was just so fun and then getting to play with Spinna you know he's that's my brother but really he was one he was and is still one of my dj heroes you know he's somebody i've always looked up to and um so that too like full circle like here we are just you know going two for two casually you know it's like back in the day if you had told me that i was gonna be doing that one day i would have been like i did it i made it you know exactly yeah i know how many moments you have like that now where you're like i'm with this person and that person and doing this and Mm -hmm. i mean and you've lived you've done so many amazing things you know i want to get into um but yeah the silent disco just to talk about that for a minute is super weird especially when you take off the silent disco headphones and you hear everybody singing (laughs) along they like sound hilarious like you can see who actually knows the lyrics and who don't who's just imitating yeah Yeah. (laughs) making the sound of it Um, that's, that's super dope. Yeah. I saw some videos of that online. Like it looked really fun. It was fun. It was cool. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, like your career, you know, has been so expansive and like all over the place. Like, you know, you, I think we come from a similar place of DJing to DJ and for music and just getting into it because we love music and we just want to sort of spread music to other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And play them what we thought would be amazing. And just the art of it. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that your influences come from hip hop and all that kind of world, but also the dance world and jungle drum and bass and deep house and dance hall and reggae and kind of anything that's really drums and bass like influence Mm -hmm. is like the main thing and just soulful soulful right for sure um and i know you know you love the art of djing and that's 
why you started and you come from the kind of that, I guess, underground world. A thousand percent. Right? Yep. And, and in the same way, we thought there wasn't a way to make a living from that. It was just that's what we did because that's what we did, right? For yeah, fun. because I would have done it for free. I right. would have done it for, you know, I remember the first gig that I got paid a substantial amount and it was like $400 and I was just like, oh my God, my dad, you oh, know, yeah. my dad always jokes with me about, he was like, I'll never forget you, Rash- <laughs> Rashida, you were so excited. You were like, if I could get $400 every time I DJ, like that's <laughs> it, I'll be, you know, I'm doing it. And, um, and I was just so happy like to get paid to do this thing that I would just gladly do oh, for yeah. free, you know? And I mean, obviously, you know, 20 something years later so it's a different story but right. that's the that was the 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 passion that got this whole thing rolling you know yeah. i i was so happy to be a bedroom dj and and even my very first gigs um like my very first gig do you remember frank 151 yeah of course the so, magazine yep, like the little the one little magazine the, yeah. so i was in atlanta those were my homies i contributed to that magazine i took photos i modeled like i did all sorts nice. of random shit so of course for their first uh their uh it was like the you know their first party yeah they they knew I was a bedroom DJ and they're like Rashida you, you have to like they forced me like, you got to do it and I was so terrified and you know I'll never forget I think like the first record that I put on I went to blow like the dust off of the record and the needles just like ah! like across the record you know and uh, and that was my first lesson too in playing live and like shit's gonna go left and yeah. how do you recover from it and right. keep it pushing and you know I put the needle back on I was like okay but also I just I love how I was so you know I was so new to it but I was also like such a purist like that first party I was not concerned with like rocking it like making people dance. I was playing for hero like drum and bass <laughs> remix like beautiful music but looking back on it it's hilarious because it's like this is not party music, but you know, God bless, you know, my folks at Frank 151 cuz you know, they they knew what I was about and of course the party was great, but that was that was literally my very first party that I that's ever played. That's crazy. Out. That's that's really cool. But I think that that in a way, even though it was your first gig, it represents everything up till now yeah. about who you are because you are still someone that sticks to who you are even within uh the constraints of whatever environment you're in, right? Your yep. DJ gig. So if you're asked to do, like now you're more experienced and you're yep. more knowledgeable with all the music. And I'm probably. more flexible than yes. I used to be. Hundred percent, same. Like I was like, this is what I'm doing. I don't care if anyone totally. dances. This yeah. is why I'm here. This same, playing drum and bass like you records. Gonna, you gonna catch these beats, whether you like it or not. Exactly. Yeah, but there is something nice to be able to like. That's the cool thing about doing events. I know you do a lot of events and stuff, mm-hmm. and that you can still be yourself, and they'll hire you for who you are. And especially nowadays, more than ever, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um, so there's something to like sticking to your you know, sticking to your guns or sticking to like what the music you love and then thousand percent adding in the other stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right. Actually, I have a great story about that. I, I'll, yeah, we'll get into it. I don't know if I, if it's, well, tell it. Yeah. I yeah. Just get into it. Okay. Yeah, please. Well, I, I have a, a, an announcement to make that I'm very excited about okay. and the, it's a full circle moment and I'll give the story behind it, which speaks to exactly what you're talking about. So, um, I just did this 
really dope remix uh, for Shaka Khan of I'm Every Woman. They're getting ready to, um, you know, put out this uh, super dope compilation of her music. And uh, and I was super excited to do it for all the obvious reasons. And, um, yeah. you know, as I was working on this remix, I was thinking about like the break, like I want to do something that just like, you know, takes this somewhere else. And I was like, Oh, I want percussion. Like I want to like take this to Brazil or something. And so I'm sitting there going back and forth with, you know, my engineer homie and like, we're like, who could, we could get this person, that person. I was like, wait a minute. I know the illest session player percussionist like in the world right sheila e right yes so <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> i hit her up and she was down and she is on this remix oh, and incredible. it's um yeah i'm over the moon about it it's uh set to drop in november they're inducting uh shaka into the rock and roll hall of fame and um and so anyway let me give yeah. you all the background story on this how this came full circle so the very first time that I played a party for Prince, um, at that time I was a resident DJ at the House of Blues, the foundation room, and God bless the House of Blues. They were one of the, the, the people at the time that like allowed me to just come in and do me, right? Right. Which was very much like what we were just talking about. I was a purist. I was like, you going to hear what I got to play and that's it. And also this was pre-Serato. So it's like I had my record crates and it's what's in these crates is... That's what we got. Yeah, that's what you get. So, um, so anyhow, I, you know, I'm playing this party. Everybody had told me first and foremost, you know, don't look at him, don't talk to him, don't make eye contact, like all this wild stuff. So here I am with my little records. I'm playing. He's the first person that comes into the party, so I can't not look at him. <laughs> you know, I can't. But uh, anyway, he he came right up to me and he starts talking to me about the records that I'm playing. And so I'm playing these records and he's like, yo, like, you know, so-and-so is playing on that. And like, how do you know about this music and da, 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 da. So already these records, which by the way, I had friends in the industry at the time who had told me like, yo, Rashida, if you want to play like the A-list parties, if you want to make money doing this, you have to start playing top 40. Right. And at the time, my crates had no top 40. It had whatever rare groove and funk and soul and house and drum and bass and weird stuff. You know, it had whatever I was into. And so, you know, at that time I wasn't making a lot of money, even with my, my amazing residency at house of blues, it, you know, wasn't for a lot of money. And, yeah. um, anyway, so long story short, my hero Prince is impressed with these records that everybody had told me was like, not going to get me too far. Right. So that was one. So then the party starts, people are coming in. I'm looking around. I'm like, Oh my God, it's like all these amazing artists and just all these people. I'm like, this is incredible. So then I see Sheila E from across the room and she's talking to Lenny Kravitz and I'm just like, Oh my God, Sheila. Like I was really excited to meet, Prince, but you know, as soon as we started talking, it just felt very familiar and it was just, it was just, it was so easy. Right. Yeah. So I can't say that like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't, let's just say I didn't fan out in the way that I did when I saw Sheila. I was like, Oh my God, like she's here. Like <laughs> yeah. she's right over there and whatever. So, um, at that time, you know, again, I had my crates, a part of my rep, you know, part of my little repertoire at the time was, uh, George Duke. I want you for myself. Like one of my favorite disco songs and i start playing it and next thing i know here comes sheila sheila and lenny they're they're walking over to me and i'm like oh my god like she's coming over here and you know so anyhow she comes over to me and she's like 
I'm playing on that record on this George oh, wow. Duke record, right? Which I had no idea. Now I hear her on it. Of course, that's all I hear on there is her. Of course. But, but I had no idea. And, you know, that's how she and I hit it off. So now fast forward to, you know, her being my sister and my friend and me being able to ask her to come be on this remix. It's going back to the point of what you just said. Like, had I tried to follow the blueprint or the 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 whatever people were telling me was what I needed to do to get to where I was going, you know, yeah, I would have never right. had these incredible, you know, opportunities and, and just, and really too, it's like my people wouldn't have been able to find me if I yes. had been playing, you know, somebody else's playlist. It's, you know, it's like literally just me doing me is what magnetized my people and really my heroes to me, you know? Yeah. So that's, so, that's it's my story. so cool to hear. <laughs> I love that. No, that's amazing. And it's so true. It's like you were sending that signal out and just showing your true colors and who you are mm-hmm. and who you represent and who you want to represent and what you mm-hmm. want to manifest or, you know, whatever you, whatever it is, you're just putting it out there. And like mm-hmm. you said, the magnetism, you're attracting yeah. them. And they don't even realize it either, probably, but it was just meant to be. It was like the universe kind of, okay, I'm going to create this situation here. What are you going to do with it in a way? It's a beautiful thing. And, like, we have to trust that, you know, us being ourselves is more than enough. You know, it, yes. it's, it's what this whole thing, this whole experience so true. on Earth is about. You right. know, we're all so unique and our our experiences and everything you know there's just there's nobody else like you and so it would be a disservice to yourself to try to fit into you know not that i think there's anything wrong with like having inspirations and whatever but like of course you know you you gotta do you so i i I work with uh, a lot of youths and that's like one of my favorite stories to tell them like yeah you do you and all these things that, you know, the things you want and things that you didn't even know you wanted will, will come to you. Right. You know, you don't right. have to do like, anything. We're all trying you. to impress, I guess when you're younger, you want to impress other people or you think that's what you're supposed to do. But the most impressive thing ends up being, being yourself. And Straight that, up. that's the most genuine thing that will attract the other genuine people yeah. that you probably need to be around and want to be around. Mm-hmm. Even though, and that's why we, I mean, as parents, we tell our kids, be yourself, be yourself, have fun, you know, and it's true, you know, but you, I guess you have to experience it yourself to Mm -hmm. get to that point. Oh, the babies. We've been talking about the babies all day before we yeah. started this interview, by the way. I mean, they I'm teach like, I us. feel it coming on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's the same. I mean, I think even from our own children, probably teaching us lessons and, and the own are it's a weird distorted mirror in a way that like oh, man. shows you things right to then, like you said, you working with youth and teaching other people. I'm sure that teaches you things, inspires oh, you, brings you happiness, lets you maybe i don't know see things through a different perspective and um maybe not stress out about things that don't need to be stressed out about <laughs> yeah i mean i just feel like whenever i do i work with the fresh air fund in new york okay. and now i'm working and what on, is that so fresh air fund takes kids from the inner city 
to the country in the summertime and there's oh, wow. all these dope different programs that they put on what i do with the girls is i do a dj clinic and an empowerment talk where basically i talk about what we're talking about yeah. here you know creating your life and all of that jazz and um and also i'm starting the program here at Sola Impact in South Central LA at the Beehive. Shout out. And, uh, They've been doing a lot of stuff, right? Yes. Uh, Everyday so People's been there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, because the space is so dope. So people right. have been doing events there. A bunch there. of events, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I'm, I'm bringing the the... DJ clinic and the empowerment talks to them. And, you know, I've done them all. I've done them in the Caribbean. I've done them other places here in LA, but, um, what was my point? Oh. The kids. oh, the kids. But I feel like I go do these things and I'm like, oh, I should be paying y'all to be able to come work with these right. kids. Cause I get so much out of it. You know, it's, yeah. it's such soul food. And, and like you said, it's just the mirrors, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, you know, cause I, like I said, I was talking to Melo D last week, and he has a DJ school. And oh, dope. I feel like there's certain, you know, people as a whole in every industry, but DJs, you know, can kind of get bitter and older and jaded and upset or or this and that. But some of the DJs that give back or that have schools seem to have this different type of happiness mm-hmm. and open. Their eyes are open in a different way, and their ears are open in a different way, and they hear music yep. and they they get that back and forth that's different from just having your job, you know? I mean, you know, at the end of the day too, what are people, when when you leave this earth physically, what is left here? It's not your accomplishments. It's not, you know, how much money you made or what dope party you did or whatever. It's how you made people feel and it's the connections that you make with people. Right. So So when you're over here working with these kids, you know, it's like that connection and, and even to be able to inspire or encourage them in any way, shape or form, man, that that's like, that's worth it's, it's, it's worth more than gold. You know what I'm saying? And you can't take the gold with you anyway. Right. So yes, that's true. That That's incredible. You know, that was like on my list of stuff to talk about was just like giving back to community and kids and anybody it doesn't even have to be kids, just mm-hmm. anyone that wants to learn and, um, and that needs that connection, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, to make them feel a certain way and then they make you feel a certain way. Is there anything that stands out about like things that you've learned from the students or those experiences or just kind of the whole thing? Oh man. I mean, sometimes it just, it kind of, um, I think it puts things in perspective too. You know, I think one of my favorite things when I do the the clinics with the kids is, um, getting them to not feel that like self-conscious embarrassment kind of thing. Cause yes. in the beginning, I mean, there's some kids who right off top are like, I'm ready, like put me on, you know? Yeah. And then there's other kids who are just like, they don't even want to come up and try cause it's going to be in front of everybody and they don't want to mess up. And so one of the first exercises I do is like, you know, come up, mess with the record. Like, let's scratch it. Okay. See that sound. Let's put the two records together. And it sounds like shoes in a dryer. Like let's listen. It, oh yeah. yeah. No, that sounds crazy. And it's funny, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's really not a big deal. And you know, kind of going back to like my first gig where I, the, the needle went across the record. It's like, yeah. And, and nobody died. And, um, yes. and we're moving on to the next record and it's okay. <laughs> exactly. You know, and just like seeing them kind of like, uh, like get over that 
part, oh, I love it. Because then after that, then it's fun for them. Right. And, you know, and then they're excited to do it. And seeing the first time that they they mix two records together, like the 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 pride and yeah. just like how excited that I mean, the, oh, see, I'm getting chills like that for me is just that's the best. I love it. I, so I should pay them. I should pay these organizations right. to let me come do it, you know? Well, yeah, I think it's two way street. You know, they're so lucky to have you. And I think, you know, you're so in tune with the music, but also the, I don't know what you would call it, the spirituality or just the whole feeling around it, you know? Um, so I think it's helpful to, for them to get that whole package, you know, in a way. And, yeah. um, well, let's talk about, you know, you mentioned Prince and, uh, you know, obviously that's a huge part of your life. Um, can we talk a little bit about like leading up to that? I know you're from LA originally, right? Mm -hmm. But you've also lived in a lot of different places. Yep. Um, so like your upbringing, like were you around music a lot and what, where did you live? Like did the different places you live influence your music? You know, yeah, big time. Consumption Um, at all or? Yeah, so I was born here in L.A. This is where my dad's side and all of his family are from. And my mother is from New Mexico, and that's where her side, all of them reside. And when I was little, I spent um, most of my childhood in uh, New Mexico, Las Las Vegas, New Mexico, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then I moved to Atlanta. I went to high school and college there, and then I moved back to L.A. And I would always come to L.A. in the summers, and so... It's kind of funny because whenever people have asked me whether I was in Albuquerque or Atlanta, where you're from, I've always just said L.A., which is hilarious because I'm now at this point I've spent most of my life here. But at that time, you know, I was always in other places, but I was like, but I'm really from my people from L.A. That's where we're from. (laughs) Um, But uh, but, you know, musically, oh, my God, it's my parents. It's my parents. Um, My mother. I always forget this part, but my mother was actually a DJ. She was a Spanish radio DJ and um, she was really into salsa and soul and jazz and things of that nature. So that I got from growing up in her household and my dad's household, you know, soul and funk. But my dad also was just into really cool shit like Brazilian, like a lot of Brazilian, you know, Milton Nascimento and, uh, you know, uh, Antonio Carlos Jobim and people like that. My dad really loved. So I grew up listening to a lot of that and he loved just dope shit like the beach boys and like, um, uh, uh, the album Asia. This is crazy because this is such an (laughs) obvious one. Um, Um, Asia and, uh, black cow. Okay, you I know don't who know. I'm talking no. about. Oh, it's um. Anyway, he just liked uh, my dad's taste in music. I I just I'm still impressed with it, and yeah. I definitely soaked a lot of that up. And uh, Steely Dan. Oh, okay, that's what I'm I was like. It's say definitely too, somebody like, that like we all know. If I say it. Yes. Um, but you know, just like the stuff kind of to the left, you know, and um. So that that's for sure my musical origins, and then you know around like. 10 years old, 11 years old, I started getting into my own thing, which was definitely hip hop and R&B, you know, Uptown Records. I felt like one day I'm gonna move to New York and be a part of Uptown Records, like for real. Like I used to fantasize about it. And um, actually, funny enough, uh, uh, before he transitioned, Andre and I had dinner, Andre Harrell and I had dinner and um, I got to tell him that. I said, you know, I was... In, I was like 11 years old 
in Albuquerque and like I pretended my room was an apartment in New York. I'd never been to New York, wow. had no idea what New York was about. Yeah. But I told him my whole thing is like I was like best friends with Mary J and like Jodeci was like those were my homies and like and he and he laughed and he said, you know, you're not the first person that's told me that. And I said, <laughs> wow. but yo, like you created a world enough that I felt like I could like step into it with really yeah. having no idea what that was. But like, you know, he created enough a world that I felt like, oh, yeah, like that. I'm a part of that. So. That's true. So anyway, so hip hop, you know, uh, R&B, all that jazz. And then in Atlanta. God bless Atlanta. It is the reason that I am a DJ. You know, all the different music scenes they had there. When I discovered house music and jungle, like for me, that was it. That's when I was like, I need turntables. I don't know what kind of magic sorcery they're doing, but I just want to be able to do it in my bedroom, you know? So that also just like turned my world on and out. And and that was my own music too, right? It's like my parents' music was great. And of course that all came back around to when I started digging in the crates and stuff. And it was like, Oh, such and such sample. I'm like, Oh shit, I already have it. You know, I have my dad's record or whatever. But, and then I kind of went back to that, you know, getting really into their music, but, um, Oh my God, like drum and bass jungle and house mute deep house was like, it was mine, you know, it was my own thing and hip hop for sure. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah. Same drum and bass was like my hip hop drum and bass were like my top, you know, things. And it, like you said, it was my music is what I would mm-hmm. collect, what I was into. And that's what got me into DJing too. Same thing. Like, Oh, oh how God. are they, you know, Twinsies. just watching the, them blend those, like being at raves and just watching that. I didn't know Dude, what they were doing. Same. You know? and, but I was, but like, I was like, I need to do that. It's amazing. And then yeah. mixed with wanting to do a DJ premiere was whatever sound right. he was making, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I want to mix that together somehow, you know? So that was the same, same kind of thing growing up here. Um, you know, I don't know what what DJs like were you into at that time? Do you remember? Yeah, for sure. So I think, well, in the jungle drum and bass scene, my DJ hero, my main DJ hero was Chemistry, Chemistry okay. and Storm. Yeah. But all the metalheads like Goldie and mm-hmm. all that, I was into all of that. And yeah. um and Ronnie Size and of all course. of that jazz. It's dope to see them all still doing it and killing this, it now. This and is the thing, like this is what we were just talking about, the expiration date that we somehow yeah. And sticking to what they love, and it all goes up and down and comes back around. and That part, too, is wild. And, you know, even for us, too, right? Like, that being our origins, like, you know, for how long did you not get booked to play a jungle gig that you could actually, you know, pay your rent or something off of? Whereas now it's like, I think, you know— it's just because of the social media and internets and all the things it's the world is so much smaller in that way that like, Oh, a lot of this music that was underground that we've always been into is now there's like a space for it in, you know, you could go do a commercial gig and they're like, Oh yeah, we want to hear some house. Like a word, like that would have cleared the floor at a, you know, a, let's say a corporate gig back in the day, you know, the teenage mutant Ninja turtles, like family event. Cause there's no parties cause of the strike right now for the actors. Um, but they were like, yeah, we want all nineties hip hop. And I was like, what do you mean? And then they were showing me the soundtrack and they're like, these are the songs in the movie. And it was like 
MOP grave oh diggers. Like oh I'm like, God. what is going on? I'm like, Who this is a the, kid event, right? Someone, I mean, Who whoever. Did the music supervision on that because I props, definitely looked not them the grave up. diggers. Yeah, but I I'm know. like, is that appropriate for children? No, definitely that was not. the other funny thing was that <laughs> I looked up the official soundtrack on Spotify and it's all not clean versions and like crazy things. But I had to play all clean versions, which was actually kind of challenging. At this, I was about uh, to say, like, I had to go find them or make them or do stuff, but but still at the same time to be able to play that music that I was just doing for free in my room and then I'm getting paid to do this and my son's standing next to me and he's like I'm playing DOS effects you know some remix he's like what song is this you know and (laughs) you see all the moms and dads like bobbing their head and then the other kids are like what's this you know so it's so great um, yeah it all comes back around you know and our music knowledge you know we just keep building it up and then get to apply it to different in different ways you know I Mm -hmm. saw you were just doing gigs in Italy and and jazz festivals and like Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. So you're able to tap into all your musical loves and then apply your skills to that. Right. I think there's something to be said too about being versatile, right? Like I think that's a part of why we've been able to do this as long as we've been able to and successfully is because you can do that. You know, you could rock the nineties hip hop set. You could go, you know, in the rare occasion you get to do like a jungle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Very the jungle rare. thing, right? <laughs> but it's like you could do that if it, if the if the the mission calls for it, you're gonna yeah. be able to handle oh, I'm it. Ready. You know <laughs> exactly. So um, yeah, I love that and uh, DJs. But yeah, so the, those were my like drum and bass jungle DJ heroes. But in Atlanta, we had so many dope house DJs, and um, you know uh, we also got everybody from New York. We got everybody from Detroit um, that would come through and get you know. Everybody from, you know, Louis Vega and Spina and Bobito and all those people. So those were all my heroes, too. And I mean, really, the DJs that, like, you would go listen to them and learn something, those were my favorite DJs. The best, yeah. That's amazing. And then, so that led into eventually you having that house of blues residency yeah so fast forward after way after being a bedroom dj um yeah at the what house was of that blues. like like were you opening for groups did you were you in a certain room like so house of blues so yeah so i did open like i opened for kanye but this before this was i think before his first record dropped i right. opened for the roots and folks like that yeah they would have me open for them though only because they knew that i could you yeah. know music wise but other than that I was in the foundation room, okay. which you remember the foundation yeah. room. So people that don't know, never went to the foundation room. Essentially, it was the room that was like next to the dressing rooms for the artists. So it was like the VIP for the artists and their family and friends and whatnot upstairs in the club. And um, yeah, so that's how that's how that started. <laughs> and then so you ended up meeting Prince through that. Yeah. He. OK. So. And that <laughs> leads to like your guys whole long to, relationship and all the to my whole life change mentorship and just every I mean, your your life now. Right. And all, yeah. a lot of your relationships now. And I mean, he elevated my whole, you know. Again, going back to being this like underground purist DJ, you know, not to say that I, you know, wouldn't have maybe found another path to having this really expansive career. But I don't know. He he just he elevated me into a, a, a space of like just people and 
that I would meet and gigs that I don't know that I ever would have, you right. know, that I would have ever been in those spaces otherwise. Mm -hmm. And, and to this day from all of my time with him, it's just, you know, there's always opportunities that come where I'm just, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm always thanking him, yeah. you know, and I'm always just giving my gratitude to him because, um, yeah, I mean, God. And, and that's just, that's just, as a uh, on some gig stuff you know right, as right. a dj that's not even you know in all the other ways that that he changed my life but right but just on that alone it's like he's he made it so it's you know i i i'm a homeowner and i'm able to take care of my child and i've been able to take care of my family in really challenging times and right. Just wow. Just yeah. such a blessing. No, such a blessing. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure you learned how to kind of move in the industry in a way, oh, right? Oh, man. Yeah, that too. All of that. And I mean, you know, being around somebody like him, I mean, I saw so many wild things. I saw I mean, I the, can't even imagine. The, the best of the best. Just hearing and those the, Dave Chappelle the worst stories. Of the worst, you know, which you know? Who, yeah. Yo, like, and just the way people would change around him, like, I mean, I've just seen people act a damn fool. Let's just say that. Like, I mean, I, I've I'm seen sure. somebody. Yeah. I remember we were, uh, I don't know. I think we went to go see somebody else play somewhere. And we were like in, um, I don't know, it was like a stadium, you know, like the end of this really long hallway. Yeah. And we're just standing there talking. And next thing we know, like we hear something, we look, and there's this woman running full force towards us, right? Towards him, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what are you going to do when you get to, are you going to tackle him? Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. You know, and she's just like running towards him, you know, and then of course security like intercepted her before she could get to him. But like, just wild people. Right. She probably didn't even know what she was doing. Didn't know. It was just like her body in yeah. action. She was like, like, it's him. It's Prince. Go. Go. Yeah. <laughs> That's so. crazy. You have any other stories or memories that you want to share like about uh, or just crazy experiences uh, or places you got to go? So many. I mean, my God, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I understand. I would say, you know, uh, okay, well, okay. On that note, going to to hear music, you know, he took me to see uh, all my favorite artists. Wow. Um, you know, he took me to see Radiohead for the first time. He took me to see Shaka Khan for the first time. He took me to see Stevie Wonder for the first time. He took me to see Bjork for the first time, which he knew was like, um, you know, Sugar Cubes. Yes, that shirt <laughs> is super dope. I saw it when he came in. Uh, you know, uh, Jill Scott. Uh, who else? He, I, I saw so many incredible performers yeah. thanks to him. And, um, I think, you know, some of my favorite memories are like just, you know, our connection through music and books and movies. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I guess a, a random great memory is I was obsessed before I met him. I was obsessed with sign of the times record. That's like one of my favorite records of his, and before we met, I was known as the girl. Actually, you, you remember Valida and I used to have yeah. a jungle night? Yeah, yeah. So I was known as the girl that at the end of the jungle, drum and bass, and deep house night would always play a Prince track, right? And so I would always play something from Sign of the Times. I'd play like Ballad of Dorothy Parker or If I Was Your Girlfriend. And, you know, very not in the same vibe as like what we had been doing all night. And right. I remember there would, there would be people who they would come thank me. They'd be like, Thank you, you know, for playing this out of the yeah, third. Of and so uh, even though it totally, you know, wasn't a part of the the vibes of that night. And so anyway, after we met, um, I went to Paisley. 
Paisley Park and uh, he showed me the Sign of the Times movie for the first time. I didn't even know it existed. And um, and my mind was just blown and I got to see it, you know, just me and him sitting there in the room, one of the rooms where they recorded a lot of it and, crazy, you know, just stuff like that. Where yeah. It's like, wow, I'm really living my dream. Like, this is dope. Right, you know? right. Oh, that's amazing. And then, I mean, from there, you've worked with so many other artists as like a tour DJ and on TV shows and stuff, right? Like yeah. uh, you, I mean, you travel with Khalees and mm-hmm. um, some other people, right? CeeLo, Pharrell. CeeLo, Bruno, Pharrell. Bruno. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the Bruno tour. You were like the opener for the whole tour in um, Europe and Africa. Was that it? Yep. That was dope. And then we came and did it in the States. And I mean, he had like, you know, the most legendary, uh, openers for, for that. So I really opened right. for, the, yes. for, for everybody else on the U S tour, but that was such a beautiful experience. And again, like more, more full circle stuff because, um, Bruno had actually seen me at House of Blues when I was playing in the no foundation way. room. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and cause, because he was playing like a showcase or something that, you know, he was playing right. and just coming up, just starting yeah. out. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, life is wild. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. His, I mean, his show is really dope and his band, Such a good show. it's almost like a DJ band type thing from what I've seen. Mixing it up. And yeah. I mean, you know, he's one of the, the few and especially on that scale and that level that's like you know real musicians and his mic is on and he's dancing and singing and you know obviously great with you know stage presence and with the crowd it's just you know i think in this new era of I don't know, whatever's going on. It's just, that's not, that's very rare now. Yeah. That's why it's cool to see him and Anderson pack together. Cause they're like definite, totally different and two peas in a pod, like mm-hmm. the same. And they're, you know, their whole project together is amazing. And uh, yeah, that was dope. Yeah. And seeing Anderson DJ now. Oh, that's right. He's a DJ. Yeah, huh? he, he's a DJ. <laughs> he's all vinyl DJ. So yeah. As one should be. Yes. Yeah. If you but, don't really be about it. Exactly. His show is dope, though. I, I like it a lot. And I've seen it, like, evolve over time. And he'll get on the drums, and he has a trumpet player with him. And Oh, that's tight. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Okay, Anderson. Pretty dope. <laughs> um, and um, what about, like, um, you know, stuff we were talking about earlier, like having such a long career and having managers versus not having managers and Ooh, having social media and, like, mm. You know, it's we've been through all of it. We've been doing this since <laughs> before, before social media, right. since we had to print up a flyer or throw your own right. party, which I know you've thrown your own, you know you've thrown your own parties and mm-hmm. um, you know do Soul in the Horn with Natasha Diggs. I mean, love that party. Oh my yeah. god, so dope! So I got great. to I was in the south of France and I got to see her at D Nice's um, event and it was the best. So, I mean, it was, was a Soul in the Horn or was it? No, she was like doing her thing at his, uh, at his club party. quarantine. Yeah, oh, it was dope, just kind dope, of like dope. a, we were in south of I France and, and it was just like, I don't know what it was, but it, it was, was insane. Yeah, it was That's fabulous. It was. I was lucky to be there. You know, <laughs> I was just like, I got my little spot. It's so crowded in here, but she was just, you know, killing it. And um, yeah, to see you guys together. So cool. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, wh- what's your, you know, what's been your experience of having a manager, not having a manager? Like, is there pros or cons? Ugh. And what do like, you like better? Mm. 
So, you know, having a manager, it's, um, you know, on one hand, uh, it's going back to having been in the game for so long. Yeah. I feel very blessed in that, you know, I'm not dependent on an agent or a manager to sustain and to have really amazing gigs coming through. However, (laughs) and we were talking about this earlier, like, you know, to have a team to be able to, um, just focus on the creative is huge. And, you know, I've managed myself, I've had managers and, you know, managing myself is like, okay, so you're doing all the, the details, all the things. And then you also have to show up and be creative. And especially now with the child, it's like, yeah, there's no time for that. (laughs) No, there's no time for that. So, um, you know, I mean, with the right manager, it's a beautiful thing or the right agent or the right team. You can just do so much more. I mean, you know, I've learned that over the years as a one man band. I mean, you, I feel like I've done a lot, but yeah. you can only do so much. Yeah. It's just never going to go past a certain point by yourself, right. you know, without that support. So, um, so that's how I feel about managers and agents <laughs> and, um, and, Oh, social media. Ooh, that's another one. It's like, I get it. It's a necessary. Yeah. I don't want to call it necessarily evil because it's not evil to everybody. But for me, you know, I'm not somebody who loves being visible. It's, you know, I don't going back to even to like us not wanting to be on a schedule. I don't like feeling forced like I have to do something. And obviously with social media, it's like, okay, I did this gig and now I need to tell people I did the gig, even though I already did the gig and I got to find the words and the right picture and all the things. Right. And, you know, on one hand, it's like, I absolutely hate it. And on the other hand, um, I've gotten gigs through this platform and, and something that I posted, you know, however long ago that's already passed and now it's bringing in a new opportunity. So, you know, I have a love hate. Um, I would love to find somebody to just like do the whole thing for me. Right. But then also, I don't know, does that work? Cause I feel like the people who do follow me are people who actually have seen me or know me in some shape or form. Like, you know, yeah, they so, might be able to tell or feel it's inauthentic in a way. I had somebody actually who tried to take over my social media once and it was a disaster. No. Like she, <laughs> Why? she was posting the quotes and stuff the, the the God bless her. But like, you know, she would put like, um, I don't know, just some shit that I would never yeah. say. Right. And that's when I was like, Oh, this ain't gonna work. Yeah. I guess I actually have to get on here and I like know. speak for myself. Cause in theory it was great. Cause she was just like putting up the content and bop, bop, bop. But right. like, the quotes and stuff she would put, you know, it was just like, Oh my God, right. it's not you, not me. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a lady Shaw shout to lady Shaw. Lady she wrote Shaw. in, she hey, said, girl. how do you handle childcare while traveling the hey, world mama. as a DJ with a laughing emoji? <laughs> yeah. She's a fellow mom DJ. So, um, I mean, the way I've navigated it is, before Issa started school, now it's a little bit tougher. Before she started school, that child went with me everywhere. So yeah. it just had to be built into the budget. And, yeah. you know, in a way, I feel like children already, in so many ways, I, I feel make it easier to start saying no to things, right? Like yeah. in life. Because you just recognize, like, you have a finite amount of of energy and time and and 
they need so much of it that it's like, you know, other stuff just, it has to be a no. And so it kind of got me into that space of like not being afraid to turn gigs and things down if people didn't have the budget or if it just didn't, you know, if it was, if I was going to be killing myself to make it to this gig and you know, by the grace of God, it's like, I was, I've been able to, yeah, I've been able to to have enough stuff coming in to sustain and be able to take her with me. And, um, and you know, it's expensive. I had to bring my mom, you know, yeah. somebody else. With, so it's like really tra- a party right, of three. Because now like you're leaving her in the hotel room. Yeah, it's a party of three traveling now. But it was also, that whole time period was so beautiful because um, it also in so many ways brought me closer to my mom. Or I'd take my dad, you know, with me to these gigs and uh, obviously my daughter and... Um, you know, just, you know, my daughter's been all over the world and like that part is so dope because I always imagined, you know, when I would be a mother, when I would have a family that I would want to be this like, you know, a hippie artsy family traveling the world. And I, the fact that that was, that that's happened is like so dope. But, um, but now that she's in school, it's a lot trickier. So I just, I have to make arrangements. I do still have to say no to things because, you know, as you know, as a parent, it just is what it is. It's like if she gets sick, then I yeah. that's it. Right. She doesn't want her mom leaving. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and it's tough. It it's it's it is it's not it easy. It is hard, yeah. And the, the world is set do. up to be on the weekends, you know, for everyone else. So it's so hard. Like Listen. I'm constantly like we have some camping trip for school, you know, and I keep getting offered gigs on the two days that like, it I'm is and I keep turning right. them down and I keep it's so hard for me every time. I'm like is there any other weekend or, you know, and then I'm hoping that some huge paying gig doesn't come in, come in and then I have to do it. But I'm uh, yeah, same thing. I I don't want to miss it. I've missed every camping trip. You know, he's in fifth grade. He probably won't want me to go on one after sixth or seventh grade, you know? So you just want to be there. There's no going back. There's no pausing. Never get this time back. No, that, and that's, that's my like, I, not motivation, but it's like what I think about when I, if I am turning something down or if yeah. I'm recognizing that I, I can't, you know, stretch myself to do this thing or whatever. Right. And I'm, you know, you start feeling like, damn, like, am I making the right choice? But, I know, on both sides. R- right. I mean, you don't know. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I feel like when it comes to my daughter, I will never get this time back with her. So right. I'm not going to remember what gig I didn't do or what money I didn't get. Yep. It's just not, it's not going to happen. And I've found that, that trusting and like surrendering to it. It's like, okay, that thing isn't doable and doesn't work out. And then something will come around that, that fits and is and works, you know, always, but it's hard to tap into that faith or trusting or right. That's, that's, that's scary. one of the hardest parts about our job that I try to explain to people. Like even when people mm-hmm. are like, Oh, you're killing it so or everything's stand. good. Like, yeah, yes, yeah. it's great. But you still don't know sometimes you're still surfing on this wave and you still Mm -hmm. have to give in. You still, you need that faith and you need that, um, trusting yourself. And I guess the universe or that everything's going to work out, but it's hard sometimes, especially when other people are depending on you and there's money involved. That part. Cause it's, it's never not been like tricky. Right. But now that you have a child, now that you have somebody depending on you, I'm a single mom. So it's like, you know, I'm always feeling like, I'm on the edge, even when I'm not, even when things are good, it's like, I always kind of have that like, Oh snap. Like, you know, what, what's, what's next or where's the next, you know? And, um, 
But that's but if I look back on my whole history, it's like I never had a plan. I never knew I what was coming next. And, right. you know, somehow here we are. So yeah. um, but more importantly, like I said, what I do know I can't get back is the time with my daughter. I can always find money. I can always money will always find me, you know? Yeah. That time with her, though, that's it. Yeah, so, it's so true. And you have to keep that in mind. If I got to make a choice, it's going to be her, you know? What are other ways that you can, that you, like, stay grounded or or sort of fight off that anxiety feeling of, like, oh, I need to do this gig or, you know, I don't know if you have that, but, I mean, that's uh, the yes, kind of thing yes, we were I talking about. Okay. <laughs> All the time. And that's the funny thing, right? It doesn't matter how long you do this. I'm always like, oh, ooh, eat, ah. Exactly, same. Uh, so it's like you have to have these, like, practices or routines or I don't know I'm still learning and still trying and still experimenting you know but of ways to because I want to be as calm as I can around my family and in my own self just to give that to myself you know in my own body Mm -hmm. but but you still it's such a crazy life that we live it really is and I think you know I'm a sensitive person by nature and so what I've found Um, especially at this stage in my life is doing, um, you know, uh, nervous system work, uh, you know, everything from meditation to doing energy work. You know, I have my, my different practitioners and healers that I go to, and then I do my own healing work and, um, a lot of, you know, prayer meditation, tapping into uh, ancestral work, you know, I'm always in conversation with my ancestors and I just, that's it. That's what sustains. And even then it's, it's still a lot, but you know, we do have support, right? Whether it's our nervous system, our ancestors (laughs) or the calmness of our mind, which is really the reality, right? Because we have all this like white noise and chatter and all these things. And it's not necessarily real. It feels real, but it's just in here. It's like, Oh no, like I'm breathing. I have, my arms, my legs, I'm, I'm healthy in this moment. You know, my daughter is healthy. Like, no, technically everything is okay, you know, but the external stuff will have you believing and thinking that you're not okay. You know, and even the money thing, like it, I, it's a trip because, you know, I come from people that come from extreme poverty. And so, you know, there's this, feeling of like uh it's the it's a poverty mentality thing where it's like you know certain things are not attainable and certain things you don't even allow yourself to dream that it could happen because it's just not possible and right Mm -hmm. there obviously you're just you're cutting off the flow right yeah and to this day i feel like one of the things that has gotten me to where i'm at and will take me to wherever wherever i'm going is just my belief just you know not to say I don't doubt and get nervous and be like, am I tripping? Like what's happening right now? But I just, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taken care of in, you know, and it's, it's in not just the money thing, right? It's like in a yeah. universal sense. And if you can like feel that and know that, then it's true. Yeah. It's true. As much as whatever the number in your bank account is or whatever, it's also true that like I can go out and feel the sun on my face. Like nobody can take that away from me. Yeah. Right. Or no amount of money can take that from me or, you know, look at my daughter's beautiful face and, and see her smile and happy about something. It's like, that's it. That's all real too. And so I feel like when we kind of 
just focus on that reality, then the money and all that shit just comes in anyway. Yes. You know? And that's what it's always been, but it's hard to remind yourself of that. You know, it's always been trust what you're doing, do the right thing. The money does find you, what you Mm -hmm. said. You know, it's because everyone's like, oh, we got to go get the money. It's like, really, it will come to you. Everything, the right thing will come to you if you just follow your inside feelings, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and do the right thing. But And just be. Yeah. You know, we don't always have to be doing, I mean, uh, you know, I don't know. I I just, I found (laughs) in my stillness and in my just being all like all the things that I feel are, you know, uh, remarkable or like special or, or something that like I really care about that has happened in my life. Let's just say even just on the surface on some career stuff, right? Like even just on, on, as on a career tip, it's like the things that have come to me that are the most amazing special things literally came to me in my stillness, like me just being me, me not doing, not going after it, not be, and not to say that you shouldn't have goals and go for your goals, not to say that, but like the things that have, are the most, you know, mean the most to me. I didn't, they all came to me. Yeah. I didn't go after any of them. They all literally came to me. And when I look back on the things that I did effort for and I did was, I was like, Oh, I need this thing. How do I get this thing? It's like, I would get the thing and then come to find out that like, "Eh, it's not what I thought. Or I don't even, maybe I don't even really want the thing after I got it. Or I didn't get the thing. And it was like, wow, I like I put so much energy and whatever into it. And like I said, in the end, the things that matter to me the most, the things that even other people think are special, right. you know, for outside looking in are things that all I did was just. Yeah. Me. And it came to me, you know. Totally. I think that's so important. That's like people should rewind that, listen to it a bunch of times <laughs> because there's a lot of lessons and truths within that. And it sounds almost like common sense, but it's the kind of things that we ignore or don't pay attention to in a way and so yeah i mean we've been programmed and the system is not set up i mean you know where do you get your worker bees from if everybody is in that mentality you know so i get it so we're working against we're working against you know these this way of being and this these teachings that are not helpful for us and don't feel good and you know all of that so you know, that's why it's not easy. That's why sometimes you're second guessing and questioning, like, am I just being still? Is that really doing the right? I really should be doing something, shouldn't I? Right. right. Shouldn't I be doing something? Yes. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. Well, we can get out of here soon. But I just wanted to ask you, um, you know, you talked about doing the remix for Shaka Khan and coming out. That's so amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you so um, much. And you've done so much. You know, we discussed a lot, all the amazing things you've done. And we haven't even talked about a lot of them. I mean, you've been in magazines as a model. You've DJed for Obama. You've done so many things that, you know, we don't have time to get into all of it. People can <laughs> Google you, you know. Um, but um, are there other you know, and I know we were just talking about not having goals and things coming to you, but are yeah. there things that you are striving for or that you want to do or kind of on yeah. the horizon that you're oh, looking forward to? For sure. Yes. Um, I am really wanting and looking forward to uh, doing music supervision. Um, I feel you on that. Right? <laughs> yes, like, totally. We could do that. That's what we oh, do. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, also this musical, like, 
these li- musical libraries that we are, it's like, yes. to me, it just makes sense. So that's one of the things. Um, yeah. And then definitely my my nonprofit work is very important to me, working with the kids and also working on behalf of single mothers and families below the poverty line. Um, there's some organizations that I support and um, I'm really excited about, Lift LA being one of them, um, and now Sola Impact, who I'm working with in South Central. So, um, um, that work for me feels so purposeful and I feel like that's where my life is going, you know? Um, and then definitely more production remixes. Yeah. Like that's just, I mean, you know, it's just fun. Right. It's like, again, it's like, that's the type of thing I, w- I would do for free. Exactly. Don't tell that to the labels, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would do that for fun in my yeah. bedroom, you know? Yeah. And you never know what that's going to lead to, you know, that's going to, you Doing that from the most genuine perspective is probably going to lead to things you never dreamt of, you know, I'm like, or per this whole spiel. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. We'll see. And that's, you know, that's what excites me about this life, too, is like so much of this, although in a lot of ways I did daydream a lot of this stuff up. Yeah. So many things that have happened. It's like it's better than what I could have come up with. Right. Yeah. So I'm just always excited about like what's what's around the corner? Like you just, you never know what's going to happen. And it's in a, in a good way, you know, and I'm, I'm excited about that. That's amazing. You know, maybe some new app will come that make it so we could just DJ from our beads or something, you know, exactly. from the phone and, then, <laughs> and then we become, you know, multimillionaires off of that. Like who knows, you know, all these yeah. apps and all this, this world of apps is like the technology, like, you know, yeah. it's exciting. Oh yeah, it's next level. Like we were talking earlier, I'm I'm putting together this virtual or pre-recorded set, you know, where I have to film myself and already just like it's been, you know, half annoying and trying to figure it out, but also discovering all these crazy features they have and uh once I get it dialed in, it'll be nice. But yeah, there's the pros and cons of both. It's so the tech dope. stuff. I mean, God, yeah, don't I'm so analog. <laughs> I'm such an analog girl. I'm like the tech is tough. But I mean, to be able to get paid to play from your room like no, it's unreal right before i came to meet you like i i'd set up this green screen my room looked pretty dope like i had the camera set everything was working perfect i sent in like a trial video and they wrote me back and were like try to do this and that and then i just kind of had that moment of like i'm so happy and amazed that i'm able to do this like how yeah, I, I just looked this. at like look what you did like yeah. this is so dope you're, Hell you, yeah. you have a house and you have a room in it that you're DJing from and someone's paying you for some reason to send them yourself DJing a video like I never could have dreamt that you you're know I mean I dreamt it but <laughs> yeah. didn't think it would be real you know right. so like literally um, living the dream right yeah now. it's nice to be good to give yourself either be you know have gratitude or be proud of yourself or you know Oh, and gratitude, you know, going back to you asking about, you know, how do you manage all of this, this life and that gratitude, 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 gratitude. Um, And I feel like that also brings in more blessings. Yes. You know, the more you can find and there's always, always, even on your worst day there, you can find something to be thankful for. And doing that is just like a portal. Like it just opens up a portal that just like brings in more blessings i'm never not shocked at how that works you know yeah oh 100 percent. yeah i mean even yesterday i was starting to complain i was like all right stop i'm like you get to do this you're lucky (laughs) you get there is a couple annoying things but you know i mean it could be a lot worse (laughs) 
there's the pressure of like this is now not just for fun this is how we make a living right, right. so of course it's not always going to be yeah. fun but even in its worst moment i mean that's same thing i've had to switch in my head because you know let's say it's like some gig or let's say corporate gig or something and i'm just like oh my god just like why am I, you know <laughs> yes. why? and I'm getting paid to play records for a living. Yes. Getting paid well to do it. Like, right. What is there really to complain yeah. about? You know? Totally. So. Yeah. Good All problems right. to have. Yes. I agree. <laughs> All right. It's a good note to end on. Uh, Thank you so much for coming in, taking the time and sharing your stories and uh, everything, you know, all all your insight. I think it's super valuable to people listening and for me to hear and it's inspirational and, you know, what you've done over the years and what you've built is so, so incredible, you know, from the DJ side of things, the music, the mother, you know, just everything, everything you represent is so dope and, um, you're so genuine and I think you deserve everything and more. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Love. I appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you, see you out there. See you out in those Instagram streets. streets. (laughs) Yeah. Out in the digital or maybe real streets. Although one last thing, can I, Oh yeah, please. I already know that you on the same wavelength with me, but people ask me, they'll come into town. They're like, Oh, where should I go? What should I do? And I'm just like, Oh, in LA, I have no idea what's happening in the streets. Like if I'm not in the club for a gig, I, I like I, I have no information. And I, have I just have to, to say that over and over. Over and over. That's yeah. what I like. My friends here from New York, and he's like, "Oh, I'm here. My girl's never been here. What do we do?" I'm like, "I don't know." I'm like, "I'm DJing at this one place Thursday night. That's all I know." You right. know, like you're like that's it. I lo- I texted people and looked up a few things. I'm like, "Uh, you could go here. It's <laughs> a cool bar." It's like, like I never. Yeah, I don't want to go out unless no. there's some sort of reason or. A very yeah. special reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or are you working? That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I know it's probably like people live in Vegas too. People are like, I'm in Vegas, and they're like, all right. Right. <laughs> people Good. who live in Vegas are like, I got I'm happy for, for you. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look look online. You see all those big clubs that I don't want to go to anymore. So yeah. funny. All right. Well, uh, all right. we will see you soon. Thank, Thank you for you. coming on. Thank all right. You, love. Peace. Bye. Peace. All right, what a wonderful episode. I had so much fun talking to Rashida. I've known her for a while, but getting to sit down and talk to her like that was, it was incredible. And I mean, she has so much great insight that I think everybody can learn from. She's lived such a cool life and made such an amazing life for herself and her family through DJing. And it's possible for everyone, you know, just, you know, gotta follow follow your gut and make it happen so thank you guys for tuning in find us everywhere podcasts are available you can watch us on youtube you can listen on spotify or apple or anywhere the 20 podcast is produced by beat source join us next week for more interviews as we discuss music that matters to djs i'm dj spider signing off peace and that was the 20 with dj spider